This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And there you have it, football fans. 272 games are wrapped up for the 2023-2024 season. And now it's time to get down to the final 14 teams. Playoff football has arrived, and it will include the Green Bay Packers because... They beat up on the Bears Sunday at Lambeau Field. Glad you're with me today. I'm Dan McNeil on the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm going to get as much as I can in on where the Bears go from here during these next 15, 20 minutes or so while also hitting some of the key points in yesterday's game. And many of them do extrapolate into what the Bears are going to do in the future because I think a lot of people have have had it up to their baby blues with Fields not being able to get over a hump against the Packers. He's now 0-6 against Green Bay in his three years as the Bears starter. Jordan Love in his first year as the Packers starter sparkled again Sunday. Man, um, What a ride it has been this football season. I didn't expect after the first four games of the year when the Bears lost that it would be this interesting the final six or seven weeks of the season. And I give Matt Eberflus, the head coach, enormous credit for getting his team together defensively and putting on a push and resembling what a good NFL defense looks like. They did it with consistency, with frequency. They were the number one rush defense in the NFL. Wouldn't have known it yesterday against Darren Jones, but the Bears defended the run very well, and once Montez Sweat joined the mix midstream, they started getting after the passer better. Sweat concludes this season as the number one sack man on two teams That's right. If you missed this, his six and a half sacks were with the commanders before Ryan Poles made a move for him were the most on the commanders at the time. And they remained the best on the team this year. His six sacks with the bears led the bears. So 12 and a half total, but he's the top sack man on two teams. Nobody's ever done that in the NFL. I don't know if great pass rushers get traded in midseason very often, but that is quite a distinction. And when you look at the the six and a half sacks that he had with the commanders or the six he had with the Bears, uh, those numbers, this is not about sweat. It's about his teammates. That tells you how far the rest of those guys have to go in terms of being consistent pass rush threats because it they the, the number six and a half six and a half sweat uh sweat sacks with the commanders 
Do you know where that ranks in the NFL this season among sack masters? It's 57th. There are so that that again, that's that's an indictment on the commanders that their best pass rusher had 56 dudes ahead of them. And so did the Bears. So did the Bears. They had a bunch of, you know, 57, 58 guys in front of his six sacks. Not good enough. Long way to go. All right, I've spent enough time on that. The pass rush was much better once he came. Yesterday, unfortunately, Demarcus Walker was the only Bear pass rusher who got to Jordan Love. That's disappointing. Uh, They only forced one turnover yesterday. They forced a Jordan Love fumble. Tyreek Stevenson, again, getting near the football and making a difference. But the Packers threw the ball extremely well. Love completed 84% of his passes. 27 of 32. Sacked only once. 300-plus yards. 312 or 316. Again, no picks, two touchdowns, and they were bullets. They they were impressive touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Bears play a game against another divisional foe and can't score a touchdown. That's my lead. I buried the lead. Once again, the Bears' offense falls short. Sunday, Ryan Poles gave Eberflus a vote of confidence on the Bears' flagship station in case you missed that. Now, a report I read today says, while that is true, Polls did say that, and Eberflus was alluding with confidence yesterday after the game to his exit meetings with the players, which begin today, Monday, day after the season, 10 minutes with every dude on the roster, um, that if Jim Harbaugh does express an interest in the Bears, if he wants to go to the next level, a lot of people think that's obvious with Don Yee now being his agent and him taking so much crap from the NCAA, all the suspensions, all the drama. Uh, if the Bears make him an offer that he can't say no to, if he's loving where they're at in the draft, and why wouldn't you, then the Bears may, in fact, make that move. But it looks like Eberflus is back. I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do it with the quarterback either. I'd get rid of them both. They're not going to. I have a feeling both will be back. Now, if the Bears draft Caleb Williams from USC, I won't be shocked. But I I think Fields has, in their minds, made enough progress. He talked about his progress yesterday. He talked about his Bears career with a degree of pride, at least in terms of how he has grown and learned from his experiences. And I would agree with that. But, man, there's, there's way too much of a resume to say, He's getting better. Three years? Really? He's going to be 25 this spring. Justin is the most exciting quarterback sometimes in the NFL. He's a video game. He's a water bug out there. When he's running the ball, he is poetry in motion, and he has become a better deep passer. He and DJ Moore, the Pro Bowl snub, uh, worthy of wringing hands over if you want to do that over Pro Bowl snubs. I don't. They don't play the game anymore, so who gives a shit? Uh, it was good. It was good this year. They look good. Where was it yesterday? Where was it against the team that had something to play for? Where was it against the Packers who had the postseason on the line? 
who had their winning streak against the Bears on the line for personal reasons in a rivalry game. They went in having won nine in a row. LaFleur never has lost to the Bears. Eberflus in two seasons hadn't beaten the Packers in three previous tries. There's a referendum on Fields' future every time he steps on the field. Same with the head coach. Yes, there was something to play for, even though they're not going playoff. And yes, Jalen Johnson missed the ball game expecting to get the new paper, get your contract signed, show me the money. That's what he wants, and it's what he's going to get, he and his five career picks. Four of them this year, however, so he's trending up also after four seasons in a Bears uniform. You don't get it done consistently enough when you have to. The Bears were 27% on third down yesterday, largely because they had no freaking clue with a little bit of an injury bug up front on the offensive line, and Lucas Patrick, the center, who's taken a lot of criticism this year, and I think he's actually played pretty well. He was out, so you're a little bit thin, but you still you 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 can't rush the ball for more than two point two yards per carry, really. Seventy four. 75 rushing yards on the day. You take away the losses the Bears incurred on the sacks, the five sacks Fields had. They had fewer than 200 yards. Green Bay had more than 400 against this Bears defense. We all have been patting on the back. Now, when I do it, I do it with an asterisk. My pat comes conditionally, of course. And that is by noting the quality of competition against which the Bears defense has flourished. It's not been good. Yeah, they were good against the Commanders for their first win of the year. And they beat the crap out of the Raiders who were already quitting on Josh McDaniels. And Brian Hoyer was lost that Sunday at Soldier Field. Yeah, they beat Carolina's offense. Stand in line to do that. They go out with an egg on uh, in Week 18. Those are the teams the Bears' defense prospered against. Both meetings against Minnesota, the Vikings were out without Justin Jefferson. When they beat the Lions, they beat the Lions when they were in their worst four or five game stretch of the season, when the Lions were having a lot of doubt. And in the loss, and they should have swept them, by the way, in the loss to Detroit, the Bears had a lead and a 90-plus percent chance of winning. Sorry for popping the peas. In the final four minutes of the game, 3.53 on the clock, and Fields is good for two more turnovers. They'd been beating the crap out of them all day, and they lost that game because Fields wasn't careful with the football. I've seen too much of it. Yes, he's exciting. Yes, he's easy to root for. He's an amazing young dude, and I wish him well. I don't root for this dude to fail. I want him to succeed. He's done really nothing to earn distrust off the field. I'm talking about as a leader, as a guy who his teammates respond to, as a guy who works his ass off, uh, or or dislike. He's not done anything really. That I, I don't know what you dislike him for, other than his play on occasion. But he hasn't scored enough points. The Bears' offense doesn't score enough points. Luke Getzey going to be the only guy who takes a whiff of the gas pipe? That is very copicish for those of you <laughs> older listeners and viewers. Maybe that'll be the solution. That's all they do. He's the, he's like the hitting coach 
Fire Warren Newsom. No, Warren Newsom was a no, no, there was a Warren Sox hitting coach who took a bullet for the team years ago. I can't remember. Always fire that. Fire Larry Rothschild, the Cubs pitching coach. Got to blame it on the assistants. Well, maybe Getzey should be the one who takes the, the the brunt of this. And I I wouldn't bring Eberflus back. They're going to. You heard it here first. If Harbaugh's available, maybe you didn't hear it because I'm reporting to you that I read it somewhere else. So scratch that. Reverse it, Willy Wonka. Oh, God. They, I, yeah, way, way too little from this Bears offense against divisional teams to go forward with it. And now that the draft order is established, the Bears are 1-9. and nine. They have the first pick. Thank you, Carolina, for those two wins this season and changing coaches. And the ninth pick, their own, with their seven wins, one of several teams with seven wins. The Bears will pick first and ninth, probably trade down. That's my guess on what they'll do, what I would do. Um, I'd draft a quarterback at one. I would. And I'd also consider keeping Justin Fields around. <laughs> Make it real interesting. You're not going to get a chance if you keep the nine, there will not be a, an upper echelon quarterback available to you. So if you don't trade, pick a quarterback with the one or trade down a slot or two, you can't go much more than that because the teams right after Chicago are Washington, New England, uh, Atlanta's in there. Only the chargers of the teams drafting between two and eight are a certainty they won't go quarterback. Maybe Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee thinks it has the future. I don't know about it. But it, it, so you're going to have some of the best guys gone. Those teams ahead of the Bears' ninth pick will be gone. You're not going to get a quarterback there. Um, very unlikely, unless you were to trade up with that ninth pick and maybe the Chargers would meet your price because they need bodies too. And a new head coach. The Bears don't. So what I would do with that first pick, I would draft a quarterback. Now, given the fact that uh, I think Fields is going to be back, maybe that shifted to a smaller percentage yesterday. I think it did. I I went into yesterday's game thinking, man, that thing against Atlanta was just smoking. They looked so good against Atlanta. It's Atlanta. They fired their head coach at 12.01 this morning. Black Monday starts in its first minute. And then Ron Rivera, right around uh, 7 o'clock Chicago time, gets the, uh, the news. He probably got it yesterday that he's out in Washington. More on that before I close you up today. But uh, – I, I think it would be exciting to have a quarterback, Justin Fields, DJ Moore. There is pressure on your rookie quarterback. If I drafted Caleb Williams number one and paid Justin Fields as little as I possibly could and with my dream to make him a gadget player, put him up as the number one quarterback going into training camp, but with the understanding Caleb Williams is going to play, just as I think Andy Dalton understood when Fields was a rookie three seasons ago. Fields was on the, uh, was on the field in week one. They weren't going to let a pick that high, you know, not get on the field. You've got to get him the ball. If he's a playmaker, if he makes magic happen when he's scrambling, if he's extending plays and making smarter decisions, you you got to play him. you got to play him. So that's what I would do, but it never happened. Marvin Harris, if they decide to keep Fields 
and I, I, I would say it's probably, I think, just a little bit more than 50% that they would keep him. Going into the weekend, I thought it was closer to 60, 65% chance that he had retained his job. But that bad performance yesterday, you know, Virginia McCaskey, George McCaskey, and Ted Phillips all have their fingerprints on this gang, as Ditka would say. They're going to have a voice in that room. And if you think Kevin Warren is the only voice that matters, you're delusional and you don't understand the way the Bears have operated for more than 40 years. Those voices swing the outcome. George, Ted, the matriarch, they all have a say in this. Whether whether they're putting Kevin Warren out front as... Yes, this is the face of our organization. He called, They can do that all they want to. It wasn't all Ryan Pohl's decision to hire Eberflus. George had a vote on that. So did Ted. I always have been pretty plugged into what goes on with the Bears behind the scenes. And those of you who have been with me over the years recall a number of times when I had the dope on Bears inner office workings. Going back to 99 when they screwed up the Dave McGinnis hiring, why that fell apart. I reported intimate details on that. Nobody else had. When Sherry Angelo was hired, I told you he wants to hire Nick Saban as soon as they're done with Dick Duran. I was right about that. Nick Saban almost threw Ted Phillips out a window when they tried to negotiate that contract. Ultimately, it's Lovey Smith. Uh, a ton of things over the years. Uh, so, trust me when I tell you, those people have a voice in the room. They are heard. And it's not just Kevin Warren. Can Kevin Warren get over the bad blood if any really existed? Maybe it was just business when he and Jim Harbaugh butted heads during the pandemic because Warren in the Big Ten, he was the commissioner of Big Ten at the time, he was quick to pull the plug because of the pandemic on the Big Ten season. That infuriated Coaches, of course, who thought the pandemic was a common cold. We didn't really understand it still in August of 2020. I would never criticize somebody for being protective of their constituents and college students, student athletes. I know Michigan's a football factory and a lot of other Big Ten schools are, but still, there's still not all of them. You got to protect those people. Won't criticize you for that. Well, the coaches did, and Harbaugh, of course, who can't stop himself probably was as he was as vocal as anybody he took mocking pictures outside the big house I think with a daughter and they were both wearing masks making fun of those who respect the rules of COVID so if Warren can get past that and he really wants Harbaugh then that would make it really exciting it would have to be very appealing to Jim I won't tell you where to put your money and I probably won't put any money on it I think Michigan's four and a half Last I saw, saving my money for wild card weekend, and I will do some of those picks on Thursday. I'll also talk a little bit more about Ron Rivera's dismissal in Washington on Thursday's podcast. If we don't drop one sooner, there could be more news here on Black Monday. All we know today, as of this recording, uh, just a little bit of after 8 o'clock Chicago time Monday morning, is Arthur Smith, uh, 12.01 this morning, Ron Rivera, Commanders. Uh, Bill Belichick's news conference said nothing. Uh, Mike Vrabel is supposed to meet with Tennessee management later in the week. We know that. We don't know anything about the uh, future of some other coaches. We'll hear more today. We'll hear more throughout the week. And if situation calls 
for a podcast, I'll hit you up before Thursday. I don't like waiting until Thursday. I can't wait to share with you a story about another fantasy football divorce when 60-something-year-old men act like teenagers. It has happened in my league several times over the years, and I have had membership of the same league since 94. 94 or 95 is when I joined this league. So almost 30 years in one league and one league only. I've been monogamous. And uh, I've seen people come and go because of the stupidity of fantasy. And I want to share this story with you. It's it, it's one you'll relate to for those of you who play fantasy football. I'll have my wild card picks as well against the point spread. Been doing okay Lately, really liked the Lions going into the weekend. I think they finished strong. I think a Lomas Brown visit. Uh, Lomas, number 75 in the Ring of Honor with Detroit, is uh, is in the near future for the Danny Mac podcast. And uh, that wraps it. Those are our exit meetings for this Bears squad. You know what I think? I'd launch Eberflus. I'd launch Fields. Uh, I would keep Ryan Poles and give him one shot to hire a head coach and make the right decisions about what to do with the one and the nine in your free agent budget. I would give him a couple of years. I'd give him two more seasons, one with his next head coach and one in year two to see how much that head coach has grown, how much that head coach has developed. See, you're resetting the clock. If you keep Eberflus and Whack Fields, you're giving Eberflus an additional year. I'm not willing to 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 bet that on Matt Eberflus. I don't think he's good enough to do that. And it's not because of his record. Be 10 and 24. Because last year was a tank year. It's just because he wasted, you know my complaints, if you've heard any of these before. You waste August. You're playing. You're 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 handling September like it should be August, and he just doesn't strike me as a as a leader of men. And it's not because of the the assistant coaches who departed a, a second popped P of the show, uh, who departed amidst HR concerns earlier this year. Not because of that either. It's just I I don't see enough. I I you know in this era when coaches aren't getting. Uh, the length of time and guys getting fired after one and two years. And in this case, Frank Wright getting fired in his first season along the way. Uh, and it's a blessing for him because Bryce Young is terrible. Anyway, I'm getting off the, uh, what I think they'll do, they're going to keep Eberflus. And I think they will, uh, you, you heard it. We are produced by Sam Michael and Adam Delavitt, who is the director of the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Mr. Vacation, I'm glad he sunscreened his golden dome because he looks he looks clean and magnificent early in the morning. Thanks to Randy Merkin, who books guests for the show. Alex Pastor, who handles social media. Troy Mocker from the Research and Development Department. My name is Dan McNeil, and thank you for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast. Go Bears! Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.